go down this street and make it right. It's right there at the end of the street there. And I said, well, thank you. And he said, well, I want to introduce myself. I'm the new pastor at, at this church, and you should come to church Sunday, and I'll tell you how to get to heaven. And the kid said, well, why in the world would I do that? You can't even find the post office. So <laughs> how many of you know we need wisdom, right? We need to be wise. How many of you have ever been in a situation where you said, God, I just need you to tell me what to do? Ever been there? I just need to know how to handle this person. I need to know how to handle this situation. I need to know how to handle my money. I need to know how to, you know, do this or that. Well, we've been going through a series called um, Snapshots of Scripture where we're just kind of taking a high-level view of what's in the Bible because we know as, as Christians we value God's Word, right? Yes, thank you. <laughs> Get nervous. Yes, we do. We value God's Word. It's important to know what's in here. And, you know, I've, I've talked to people, they say, well, you know, I, I'm just not sure what's in there. I'm not sure what it says. So we're doing this series. We've just been going through. We've been talking about each type of literature that's in the Bible because the Word of God is actually made up of 66 books written by different authors of different backgrounds, different trades over centuries. And there's different types of literature in here. And so the first week we talked about the first five books of the Bible, the, the Pentateuch, if you want to use the, the word for it. Uh, Genesis through Deuteronomy, we talked about what it means and, and what's in there. And a couple weeks ago, we talked about the history books and how the history books talk about how God's people came from being slaves in Egypt, taking the promised land, having the kingdom, losing the kingdom. Well, this morning, we're going to talk about one of my very favorite parts. It's the wisdom books, uh, also known as the poetry books. And this is a couple different books, five uh, made up of a book of Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. Um, and so in these books, there's all different types of literature within these books, but these are called the wisdom books. Um, and so let's talk about what the foundation of wisdom is. What is that? What is it? These books are called the wisdom books. So we'll just kind of introduce them real quick, kind of take a quick tour through them, and then we'll dig into a little bit about what wisdom is. So this book, or this set, I said, Job, which is actually, chronologically, Job is the oldest book in your Bible. It's not the first book, but it's the oldest book in there. And we know the story of Job teaches wisdom through what? Suffering. Job suffers incredibly in this book, and then he's redeemed and he's blessed doubly for it. But uh, it talks about how we can learn through times of suffering. How many of you have ever been there? <laughs> Sometimes we learn better in suffering than we do in good times. It's kind of dangerous. Um, but sometimes we learn the hard way the best, right? And so sometimes during difficulties, sometimes during trials, we gain perspective. And that's what Job teaches, among other things. Um, it also teaches sometimes the best thing you can do is be quiet, but that's in Proverbs too. Psalms, the book of Psalms contains poems and songs. Uh, it talks about prayer, joy, frustration, Psalms, if, you ever, if you're having an emotional day, read the book of Psalms. Just open up and read some of them. You'll probably find one that matches your mood. Uh, because Psalm, a lot of it was written by David. Um, but Psalms are very honest. You ever been taken back sometimes? If you've ever read Psalms, sometimes you're like, wow, this guy was angry. And he's asking God to you know, kill their babies and the enemies and break the teeth out of people and all kinds of things. There's a lot of great joy if you're having a great day you say you know i just want to i just want to praise god open up to the book of psalms and pray some of these things they're amazing so psalms is made up of different songs and prayers 
Proverbs, one of my very favorite books in all the Bible. Proverbs was written mostly by Solomon, who was David's son, who was the king of Israel. And Solomon had incredible wisdom. God gave him, uh, when he became king, he was a young man, and God said, you know, ask whatever you want and I'll give it to you. And he said, what? Give me wisdom. He said, I want to learn how to lead this nation well. And God said, well, since you said that, I'm going to give you wisdom. I'm also going to make you richer than anyone else in history. And so Solomon had incredible wisdom. So the first several chapters of the book of Proverbs were actually written to his son. It was a letter from the dad to his son saying, I want to teach you how to live. And also within it, there's these little couple of chapters where he personifies wisdom. He says wisdom is like a woman crying out. It's really fun to read. And then there's a lot of just little snippets. They call them couplets, uh, two-line sayings of wisdom. And they're a lot of fun to read, and it's incredibly practical. Um, and then one, he talks about um, the, the perfect wife, what a great wife would be like, uh, but it also flips over, it would be the perfect husband would be like. Um, and then the next book, Ecclesiastes, is also written by Solomon, but this one was written at the end of his life. And it's a fun read, uh, but he's a little bit cynical. <laughs> when he comes to the end of his life, he's made a lot of mistakes, so he's kind of going back and doing the Job thing. He's like, let me tell you what I've learned the hard way. And so he talks about that, and it's a great book. And the Song of Solomon is a love song, um, and it's very controversial. Some people think it shouldn't even be in the Bible. If you want to embarrass your kids, read the Song of Solomon to them. Um, scar them for life, maybe. But it's a very sensual book that talks about the beauty of love between a husband and a wife. It's very sensual, uh, not as much in English. If you really want to get it, read it in the Hebrew. I had a professor in college. I took a class on these books, and he read some of it to us translated straight from hebrew and um i was an unmarried young man and i still can't get some of those images out of my head but it's a great book great book to read with your wife i saw there's a website it's a satire site called uh, the babylon b it's a christian satire and they actually made little those conversation hearts with some of the lines from song of solomon on it it's like your neck's like a tower and all these things and like it doesn't translate as well in english um but anyway, these books talk about, they teach what it means to gain wisdom and to live wisdom. And if you're anything like me, one of the things I pray all the time is, God, I need wisdom. I want to live life the way you want me to live it. And these books teach that. Um, now, one thing to understand before we dig into these things, these books teach general principles. The things that we read in the book of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and some of the Psalms, these are not promises. Okay, in Proverbs, there's one that we read all the time. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's older, he will not depart from it. That is not a promise. That is a principle. If you teach your kid how to love Jesus, eventually, hopefully, they'll come back. They have a much better chance. But we all have a what? We have a free will. We have a choice. It's up to us. So some of these things are, they're principles, they deal with generalities. They talk about the world as it is. There's another one that says a bribe opens up the way for the giver. He's not saying go bribe people at all. Don't do that. Okay, he's not saying that. There's another one that says if you twist a person's nose, blood comes out. Well, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, right? It's a principle, a generality. It's a good way to get your nose to bleed is to twist somebody else's. Um, but the principle of the whole thing is Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. This gives the whole theme of the wisdom literature genre. And he says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him, and He will make your paths straight. I love the way the New Living Translation 
translated, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all that you do, and He will show you which path to take. Okay? So, <laughs> this is kind of the overarching theme. If you want to be wise, lean into Him. Get to know God better and submit to Him. Or seek His ways. Seek Him, and He will lead us. So, how would you define wisdom? Well, wisdom comes from a Hebrew word, chokmah, which means to be wise or to live wisely. Other definitions say good judgment or doing the right thing at the right time or saying the right thing at the right time. I am the king of saying the wrong thing at the right time. I'm really good at putting my foot in my mouth. Um, I love Easton's Bible Dictionary. He says this, wisdom, understanding, discretion, and prudence are wisdom. In the Old Testament, wisdom was to be pursued because it led one to know how to live successfully before God. Wisdom led to humility and respect towards others and towards God. So wisdom, basically, if you want to boil it down, wisdom is living life the way God wants us to live. And that's something we all need, right? We all need to be wise. We all need wisdom. We're directed to seek out wisdom. Proverbs chapter 3 Verses 13 to 18 said, Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver, and she yields better returns than gold. She's more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can be compared with her. Long life is in her right hand, and her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways. All her paths are peace. She's a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold fast to her will be blessed. So Solomon is saying this. And what did Solomon have? Wisdom. He had lots of it. Solomon is saying, if you want to live a good life, if you want to live a life that's blessed, you need wisdom. You need to seek wisdom. You need to go after it. One of our Old Testament um, textbooks we had from Bible college, who'd ever thought you'd get a quote out of that, right? But it says this, to know wisdom's hidden treasures, since God alone possesses wisdom and dispenses understanding of humanity, only those who know God through the experience of covenant loyalty will find wisdom's hidden treasures. So he says, only those who really know the Lord are going to know true wisdom. Now, can you not know the Lord and be smart? Absolutely. There are some brilliant people out there who don't know Jesus. But if you really want to live life according to God's ways, you need his wisdom. So what is the beginning of wisdom? Well, Proverbs tells us in Proverbs 9.10, fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. So it said, if you really want to be wise, you need to learn how to fear the Lord. Now, I know some of you are saying, what in the world is that? What does it mean to fear God? Does it mean to be afraid of Him? Well, a little bit. Fearing the Lord is really respect. And the fear of the Lord is mentioned 18 times in the book of Proverbs. It's a healthy respect for who God is. It's knowing not to cross the line. I was listening to one lady who was a, a teacher. She was teaching about wisdom. And she said, her name was Megan Musey. She's a professor. She says that fear of the Lord is really kind of like what that fear you had of your dad when you were a kid. You know, knowing not to cross the line or bad things would happen. Um, and she said it's kind of like it's respecting God, knowing that we're not on the same level as God, but we're still friends. Well, that was a pretty good definition. Knowing I'm not on God's level, but he still wants to be my friend. That's a healthy fear, a healthy respect of him. And the fear of the Lord does some really great stuff. In Proverbs 10, 27, it says, The fear of the Lord adds length, length to life, 
but the years of the wicked are cut short. 1427 says, The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. Did you catch that? It's a fountain of life that turns us from the snares of death. In other words, fearing God helps us avoid traps. And, you know, sometimes we meet people and we say, man, your life is just full of drama, isn't it? Like, you're, there's something always going wrong. And a lot of times it's because we don't make good choices. Fearing God, having that good respect in him, will help us avoid some of that stuff. 1923 says, the fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one rests content, untouched by trouble. In other words, Solomon is saying, if you will fear God, if you will have respect for the Lord and trust him, your life will be better than it would if you tried to do it on your own. If you will learn to love him and learn to live life according to his principles, life's going to be better for you. It's going to be better for me. So how do we do that? How do we find wisdom? Let's talk about that a little bit. Well, the first thing, if we want to really find wisdom, we have to understand that wisdom is available to who? To everyone. Wisdom is available to everyone. In Proverbs chapters 8 and 9, Solomon personifies wisdom. He takes wisdom and he gives it a human form. And he kind of makes it this really fun speech. Listen to what she says in in verses 4 and 5 and then 10 and 11. It says, To you, O people, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. You who are simple, what does simple mean? Not real smart. All right? It says, To you who are simple, gain prudence, which is good decision making. You who are foolish, set your hearts on it. Choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. So she's calling out to everyone. She says, I want you to have wisdom. So wisdom, this way, this knowing how to live life better is available to everyone. It's available to us. Even in James chapter 1, James is another guy who really speaks very pragmatically. He's very very simple, very straightforward. He's the brother of Jesus. He says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should what? Ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. So he said, if you want wisdom, just ask. It's available to all of us. And we have to realize that godly wisdom is based on a relationship with God. If we want to have wisdom, if we want to know how to live life according to his principles, we have to have a relationship with him. And wisdom comes through that relationship, through really getting to know him. We read earlier in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, he says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and don't lean on your own understanding. Seek his ways in all you do, and it'll work. In Psalm 119, 9, it says, How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. Psalm 119, 98 through 100, he says, Your commands are always with me. And listen to this. They make me wiser than my enemies. He says, When I have a relationship with God and I read his word, it makes me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. So is he saying going to class, I'm smarter than you because I know God? No, don't do that. But he's saying, if you want to be really wise, you have to start with a relationship with God. Again, he said, the fear of the Lord is the foundation, the basis, the building blocks for wisdom. So if we want to live lives that are wise, we can. 
He says, He will give us that wisdom. He says, It's available. She's actually seeking you out. The lady wisdom stands at the corner and she yells for everyone. Hey, come here. I've got wisdom for you. And we have to realize that it comes from a relationship with God. And then we have to understand that wisdom can come from external sources. What does that mean? Well, if you look in the Old Testament, there were three places that people went to find wisdom. Three places that were seen as places you can go to learn how to know God better. And one was the priests and the law. If you wanted to know what God wanted of you, you went to a priest and asked. And then you went to the law and you read the law and you listened to it. Children in the, Old Te- or in the Hebrew times, they would actually go and memorize the law. They would actually memorize this, the Old Testament version, right? It's a good idea, right? So one of the things the Assemblies of God does is, is uh, we really push getting to know the Word. So we can seek Him. We can get to know Him. That's what Psalm 118, the whole psalm is a love song written to Scripture saying, hey, it makes me smart. It helps me make better decisions. And then the prophets and direct revelation were the second place. They would read the prophets. They would listen to the prophets. And then they would ask for God to reveal himself to them through direct revelation. In Luke 12, 11, it says, When you're brought before synagogues, rulers, and authorities, don't worry about how you'll defend yourself or what you'll say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. So we can listen and we say, God, would you speak to me? Would you help me to know you better? And in the New Testament, we have this incredible advantage. We have the Holy Spirit living within us, right? He speaks to us. We can listen. So we can say, Lord, would you speak to me? Would you give me wisdom? Would you give me the right thing to say in this situation? You ever had that happen? You have to go talk to someone and say, Lord, please help me. (laughs) I have no idea what I'm going to say. And God prompts you to say things. Yeah. He wants us to be wise. And then the sages and wisdom. We can learn from wise people. God puts people in our lives who have gifts of wisdom. God puts people around us that we can learn from. We can go to people and say, hey, I need some wisdom. And Proverbs actually talks about this. Proverbs eleven fourteen 14 says, Without wise leadership, a nation falls, but there's safety in having many advisors. Proverbs 15.22 says, Plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. Proverbs 24.5 and 6 says, The wise are mightier than the strong, and those without knowledge grow stronger and stronger. So don't go to war without wise guidance. Victory depends on having many advisors. So what does this mean? We can go to other people who know the Lord and ask for wisdom. We can ask for advice. I ask other pastors all the time, hey, what would you do in this situation? What do you think I should do here? Do you have advice? What should I do? I about wore Dan Zitterkoff out when I first moved here. I'd call him and say, Dan, what do I do? I don't know what to do here. Um, He was very gracious. He has wisdom. And so, and it's funny, we'll do this with other areas. If our car breaks down, we'll, we'll call a mechanic, right? We'll call someone, hey, what do you think this might be? What does this light mean? What does this sound But sometimes when it comes to living life, we want to do it what? All on our own. God surrounds us. That's why we have a church family. Now, don't go to just anybody. If you want wisdom about money, don't go to someone who's broke all the time, right? Go to someone who knows how to manage their money. 
If you want to learn how to raise your kids, find people who have raised kids before successfully. If you want to learn how to train your dog, don't go to the person with a feral animal in their yard. Go to someone who has a dog that, you know, obeys. Here's a story about a, a guy who was a, a cowboy in Texas. He lived to be 106 years old. So I said, what's the secret to your long life? And he said, well, every day I sprinkle a little bit of gunpowder on my cereal when I ate it in the morning. So he died at 106. He left behind eight kids, 21 grandkids, 32 great-grandkids, and a 15-foot hole in the crematorium. So, so just because somebody's old doesn't necessarily mean they're wise. So we want to look for people who know how to live life according to God's ways and find them and seek them out. So, we find wisdom those ways. How do we live wisely? How do we live wisdom? How do we live wisely? Well, one thing that Proverbs talks a lot about is being wise in our relationships. We need to be wise in our relationships. Listen to this. In Psalm 1, verses 1 through the very beginning of the book of Psalms, listen to what David writes. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. In other words, how nice is it when you have good relationships, when you have friends who are good? It says, They delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. So if we want to be wise, and we want to live wisely, we need to have wise friends. Now, does that mean all your friends have to be Christians? No, absolutely not, because how are we going to reach people who don't know Jesus if we don't hang out with them at all? Jesus hung out with sinners, but he also hung out with who? His disciples. So we need to be wise in our choice of companions. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. Psalm says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep warm. This is not talking about co-ed cuddling. He's just talking about, you know, keeping each other warm in the wintertime. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can you be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. So in other words, he's saying it's really good to have good, solid Christian relationships and people who are what? Wise. Find people who help you be better. Now, most of us, when we were younger, we had friends that got us in trouble, right? You guys remember those? Some of you can still remember their names. Some of you still have their phone numbers in your phone. But we also have those people who help us be better. You know, those people who push us to be better. And sometimes having a good companion is someone who will correct us, Right? It's important for us to have relationships, have companions, have friends who will help us say, hey, you're not being very smart right here. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1. I want to read this to you. And last time I talked about Proverbs, some of the Converse boys were like, you didn't read our favorite verse, so I'm, I'm working it in today. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1 says, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid it actually says that in proverbs he uses the word stupid why do you think he uses such a strong word because you're stupid if you don't take correction right i didn't say it he did it's right here 
The wisest man to ever walk the earth said, if you don't listen to correction, you're going to have a lot of headaches in life. So what does that mean? We need to have people around us who are good enough friends to call us out when we're doing the wrong thing. And then it's on us to listen to them. We can have people that correct us and we don't listen. It's our fault, right? So be good, be smart, have good friends. We also need to be wise in our choice of romantic partners. Listen to this, Proverbs chapter 7. Again, Solomon writing to his children, to his sons, verses 24 to 27. He says, listen to me, my sons, and pay attention to my words. Now, how many wives did Solomon have? Like a thousand, right? Literally, he had like a thousand concubines. I mean, a different wife every day for three years. Imagine the headaches. So listen to what he says. Don't let your heart stray away towards her. Don't wander down her wayward path. He's talking about a woman who does not have discretion. A woman who leads men into temptation. And this goes the other way, man. We all have had women in our past that led us down the wrong path, right? He said, don't wander down her wayward path, for she's been the ruin of many. Many men have been her victims. Her house, listen to this, is the road to the grave. Her bedroom is the den of death. Proverbs 11.22 says, a beautiful woman who lacks discretion is like a gold ring and a pig's snout. Again, he uses some really plain illustrations for us. What is he saying? When it's time, single people, listen to me. When it's time to pick a romantic partner, someone you want to get in a relationship with, make sure they are, number one, have a relationship with God. And number two, they're wise. They have discretion. They have the same kind of convictions you do. I remember when I was a young man, I was a senior in high school. I'd, I'd had a relationship several years in high school when I gave my heart to the Lord we went different directions because we just weren't on the same page anymore and so I remember I went to a missions trip we were at the Olympics in Athens Georgia and I remember we were eating at a college we were down there and there was this youth pastor sitting across the table I'd never met the guy in my life and he was talking to my friend and I we were both kind of lamenting how we were seniors in high school and didn't have a girlfriend he said you know let me tell you something boys he said the only thing worse than being single is being married to the wrong person and that stuck with me all these years until I found the right person. Um, but I tell you what, there's a lot of truth to that, isn't it? Some of you guys can testify to that. You have to wait for the right person. Don't jump ahead. And that's what Solomon is saying. Go home and read Proverbs chapter 7. He talks about this woman who was leading a young man off, and I won't get into it because it's kind of graphic. But he gets in there and it says he goes like a deer stepping into a noose. Little knowing it's going to cost him his life. And he's saying, be wise in your romantic partners. Find the right person. And then, seek wisdom with humility and faith. Seek wisdom with humility and faith. That means you have to come say, Lord, I want to be wise. But then you have to be humble enough to listen. You have to be humble enough to listen to what he's saying in your word. You have to be humble enough to listen to people who love you enough to tell you the right thing to do. You have to be humble, and you have to have faith. Because again, James says, if you lack wisdom, ask God, and He will give it to you. But ask and do not doubt. Trust that if you seek after wisdom, God is going to give it to us. Trust that if we ask Him, Lord, show me the right way to go in this. Show me the right way to live this life, because I want to honor you. He will. But then it's up to us to apply it, to listen to it. And then learn as much as you can from whoever you can. 
learn. Here's the thing, guys. All wisdom comes from God. Some people don't know it. I've learned a lot of things from people who aren't Christians. Some from their words and some from their example. And some from their failures. Right? We learn. But all truth is God's truth. So learn from wherever you can learn. Oh, the Second Timothy chapter 4. This is one of those verses that always kind of sticks out to me when I read it. And it's kind of like an aside. Just a little, kind of a, almost you would say a throwaway saying. But at the end of his letter to Timothy, Paul says, When you come, bring the cloak that I love with carpus at Troas. And then he says, And bring my scrolls, especially the parchments. What was, Saul, or what was Paul asking him to bring? The Word and his notes. He says, I want to be a learner. Even sitting in a prison cell, Paul wanted to learn. So one of the things we need to do as Christians is to be lifelong learners. If you want to be wise, if you want to live life the way God has asked us to do, we need to learn His Word. Then we also need to learn other stuff too. We need to be learners. We need to be readers. So here's a challenge, and then we're going to pray. But if you really want to get wise, this is something I've done for years and years and years, ever since I was in college. Proverbs has 31 chapters. Months, most months, have 30 or 31 days, right? You can read one chapter of Proverbs every day for a month. And you know what you get? Wisdom. Do it over and over again. Do it, I try to do it once a year at least, maybe twice. There's some years I do it twice a year. Because you know what's funny when you get, or not funny, when it's great, when you get in a situation that calls for wisdom, you know what comes to your head? Something that Solomon said. Right? So take that challenge. Start and just start whatever day it is and read that chapter of Proverbs that goes along with it and go through there. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up this morning. And if you're physically able, would you stand? We're going to take a few moments this morning and pray. So Lord, this morning we come, and we just ask that you would help us to be wise. Lord, help us to live life according to your principles, because we know that's best. Lord, we don't always know what to say, we don't always know what to do, but Lord, your word gives direction. And so God, this morning we do what James asked. If we lack wisdom, we ask God who gives liberally to all without finding fault. So we ask this morning you would make us wise. Make us wise in our relationships. Make us wise in the choices that we make, wise in the way that we lead our families, in the way that we lead ourselves, in the way that we handle our finances, in the ways that we interact with those who don't know you so that we can share your love with them. And so, Lord, I know that in your word you lay out principles to help us. And God, I pray that you'd help us to learn those and to apply those to our lives. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, all across this room this morning, we said that the first part of wisdom was a relationship with God. And if you're here this morning, you say, you know, Pastor Rex, I don't have that first step. I don't have a relationship with God. Or maybe at one point I did, but man, I'm really, really far away from Him. I really need to restart that. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up right where you're at? And we just want to pray with you this morning to have that relationship, that basis. Right, if you're here this morning, you say, you know what? I really need wisdom. I have a specific situation in my life and I just need God to give me wisdom in what to do. I've got a big choice I need to make. I have a big decision. And I just need God to give me wisdom. If that's you, would you slip your hand up right where you're at? 
I just have a specific thing that I really need God to show me what to do. That you, would you just, if you're willing, if you want to step down to the front, we're going to have some people come and just lay hands on you and pray for you. You don't have to tell us what that situation is. But if you want to go ahead and step out of your spot, come down to the front, we're going to have people come and lay hands on you and just say, Lord, would you help them to make the right choice? So I'll give you a moment. If you want to step out, you can. This is one of the reasons that we have a church family around us. We can go up and say, hey, I need, I need somebody to pray for me. I need God to give me answers. I need principles. I need wisdom. All right, if you're comfortable praying with people and you want to come out, you want to just come up and lay a hand on someone's shoulder, uh, we'll do that. So, Father, right now, I just pray for all these who need wisdom. God, I pray that you would lead them in this specific situation in their lives. That you would show them what way to go. Show them what to do. Show them what they need to do. And Lord, we believe that you're going to do that because, Lord, your word says that we can believe and we can ask and, and not doubt and we know that you'll do it. So, God, I pray for absolute wisdom in these situations. That you would lead them, that you would guide them, that you would show them what to do, show them what direction to go with absolute certainty, to know that they've been led by the Spirit of God. And Lord, I pray for everyone else here that, that just needs wisdom. We just want to live lives the way that you want us to do it. So God, would you help us to learn and to apply and to live that out in our everyday lives? So we pour out our 
your praise our hearts will cry these bones will sing Thank you that your word talks about finances. It talks about relationships. It talks about careers and laziness and all the things that we need to learn to live life according to your principles. So Lord, I pray you'd help us to receive that today. Help us to apply that. Help us to be wise in the way that we live in front of outsiders or people that don't know you so that we can show your love to them. Lord, help us to be wise in the ways we live in our relationships and our friends and our finances. Lord, in everything that we do, help us to be wise. God, I pray you help us to live that out in our everyday lives. And as we go today, Lord, I pray that you be with us. Lord, bless our, our church family. Pray. I pray for all those who are sick today that you continue to bring healing. Lord, protect everyone that's not sick from getting the flu and all this other stuff that's going around. Lord, help us to live wisely. And Lord, more than anything, help us to be your hands and feet extended to those around us. Lord, to, to be your example to people that don't know you, that don't know the hope that we have in you, that we can be that living hope in front of them. And give us the right words to say at the right time, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being here this morning. Tonight is our annual business meeting, 6 o'clock. Hope you'll be here. And make sure you sign in for it. Oh, one last thing. There is a class coming up, Power to Tell Institute, Friday night, Saturday morning. We need you to sign up so we have enough food for you. So if you're planning on coming, please sign up out there.